Welcome, everyone, to another edition of Drunk Agile. Um, with me, as always, is the one, the only, the uh, Nisha. Yeah, I was going to say, there's Nisha. <laughs> hey, Nisha. She's she she got her little yoga booties on still. Hey, Nisha, how you doing? Hey, sweetie. Yeah, she's like, she's very interested. that's enough. Uh, we have Pratik as always, but, you know, Wonder of Wonder's special guest tonight, we have Colleen Johnson of ProCombat.org. Colleen, welcome. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me back. Finally got a got invited back. I think you guys must have run out of the, guests the, or something. The check finally cleared. You <laughs> yeah. know, it's like, so it's like. Fair, fair. Um, uh, Colleen, since you're a guest, what, what, what are you drinking? What do you, what do you got for us tonight? I am drinking a uh, German Riesling, which is not in my normal go-to, but I made beef stir fry that was kind of spicy and thought maybe it would be a nice compliment. So oh, I thought you were going to say this I is that, that's your version of dry Cheers. January or, or something like that. Oh, a hundred percent. That's also accurate. <laughs> Um, I made it like a week. Dry. I made it like a week in dry January, and I was like, "No, this isn't going to work for me." <laughs> um, Pratik, what do you got? Oh, I put it back already. Uh, Elijah Craig Battle Proof. Mm. Um, Dan, you might remember this from the whiskey place. I do, and I thought you were going to save that bottle for me. I thought that was the agreement. Oh, well, no, I'm, I'm going to save the I bottle. I can't help but notice yeah, it's you, empty. You, you will get the you will get the bottle. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> Won't be any Read the fine fine print on that one. Yeah, um, I'm fairly boring tonight. Just have a Buffalo Trace uh, old fashioned. So just keeping it simple. Gonna make no comment about our guest or anything like that uh, because of that. So uh, we we it's it's the it's the beginning of the year. Oh, cheers, everybody! Cheers. Yes, yes, yes. Cheers. Chug, Colleen Chug Johnson. <laughs> um. We wanted to have Colleen on, start of a new year, some exciting things happening at ProCombine.org. Uh, so wanted to have you come and kind of talk to us about what, what, what are some of those things and what, what can we look forward to throughout 2024? So please take yeah. it away. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of exciting things. We're continuing to focus on our scholarship program. So we have a group, uh, we had our first entirely Spanish scholarship cohort for women who are interested in becoming trainers. Um, I think we learned some good lessons around how we were focusing on diversity and inclusion and only English speakers. So we needed to make a change there. Um, and, the, and we launched that program at the end of last year with some help from our Spanish speaking trainers. And that group is set to graduate here in about the next month. And then we'll be launching our first English speaking cohort of 2024. So we'll be, I think there's already over 60 ladies interested in applying for that opportunity and we will take 15. It's hard, um, but it's amazing. And the caliber of people that applying just gets more and more amazing every year. So we're really excited to keep that program going in 2024. Um, I think a big focus for us in 2024 is this concept of building out internal capabilities inside organizations. So what we've been seeing from a training perspective, and I think we're seeing this across not just Pro Kanban, but other training organizations in, in our space and in our industry, is that um, people aren't spending a ton on training right now. You know, I think when we're looking at where they're cutting costs, training is obviously one of those places. Um, but the flip side of that is the, the opposite effect of all of these cuts, headcount cuts, whether it's agile coaches or scrum masters or developers, is that you still have to deliver shit. And you're probably having to do it with less people. So what do we do? 
And, and that's where we're really focusing on how we can help these organizations build an internal capability to teach our classes inside their organization, focus on consistency, um, focus on building out internal Kanban capabilities for the organization. And then I think probably the most important part is the ability to show with metrics that things are actually getting better. I think it's one of the things we keep hearing in our space is um, there are layoffs and there are cuts to agile roles because a lot of a lot of organizations are having a hard time proving that they helped. And I think that's where we can really help those companies. And, you know, I hate to say that everybody's trying to do more with less, but they are. That's the reality of it. And I think that's where um, we're really focused going into this year is how we can help organizations do that. I mean, I think it's, it's realistic for a CFO to say, hey, I'm spending millions of dollars on all this agile training. What is it getting me? I think I think I, I'm to be honest, I, for one, am surprised it's kind of taken them this long to start asking that that question. You know, I, I expected that question maybe maybe even even 10 years ago. Um, so so I'm mean, so help, help me understand. Um from a pro Kanban perspective, then what does what does success look like in twenty twenty four? If we were to do like a future perspective, where you know it's it's December twenty twenty four, what does you know what will have made it successful? Well, I think we're already starting to see organizations coming back to pro Kanban with case studies. So we've published a couple in the last month that are really incredible stories with a ton of data to back up how rolling out Kanban practices for their teams have helped them deliver more predictably, more efficiently, more effectively, um, and, and with numbers to back that up. And so I think we're going to continue to see those stories coming in. And I think for most organizations right now, they're going to be forced to be able to back these things up with numbers. And um, I think we're starting to see kind of the you know, we have our, our flow metrics for scrum teams class, right? So we're starting to see a lot of organizations go, okay, I need help, right? I don't know how to show that this is working. Let's just start with that. Let's just start with some flow metrics. And maybe we're not changing any practices at the team level. Uh, we just need a way to show um, how things are improving or, or maybe if they're not that we need help, right? That's also the flip side of this is some teams might be struggling and um, whether you're an engineering manager or a team lead or a scrum master, it can be difficult to identify which teams need the most attention. And that's where those, those flow metrics really come in. So I think we're going to continue to see more case studies and more evidence um, based in flow metrics of where teams are improving and improving their predictability. And, and I think the natural progression there is that that starts to scale. So we see success at the team level and people go, what are you doing? That looks easier and cheaper and more effective than what I'm doing. Show me how to do that. Um, and that's yeah. where those internal capabilities really start to shine. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 so many things you said there. I'm, I'm gonna pick on at least one of them, which is uh, you talk about Scrum Masters and who, who and, and all the layoffs we've seen of late and reduction in, 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 in the workforce. Scrum masters, agile coaches are probably one of the first ones on the chopping block because they are not the ones right. producing code. They're not the ones testing it. They're not the ones doing the operations work, um, which means those th that those gaps need to be filled. The 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 and that's either either uh, the team manager that takes on that responsibility, or we've gone from three scrum masters to one scrum master for three teams. So that scrum master needs to take on and. That's where I think some of the things that we've been talking about at ProCanMon, all these metrics we've been talking about, 
you you mentioned this already, Colleen. They, they help a lot at identifying where the inefficiencies are, where are we not being effective, and it helps you be it's essentially your your hidden superpower to 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 right. be able to, to to find the stuff when you're just one person doing all of this work. Well, and I, and I think, you know, if we if we call it traditional agile practices or scrum master methods or agile coaching stances, right, all these different things get you there. And the goal in a lot of those places or in a lot of those roles is to help the team get there themselves, right? Um, which I think is very powerful. We, we ask hard questions, we work with them, we try to get them to the point where they're going, I think this might be broken. And I think this is the most important thing for us to fix. Um, I don't think anybody has time for that right now, right? I love that. I love that idea. I love that idea as a parent that we're going to be nice and slow and methodical and, and bring them, you know, bring them along in this journey of learning. Um, nobody has time for that anymore. And, and there's, an I think, a real urgency around um, the practices that we're using to deliver and showing that value quickly. And one of my favorite things about when we go in and help these organizations with flow metrics is, there's no notion of, oh, well, it's going to take us six months to establish a baseline because I'm introducing all this made up shit that you're not tracking right now. You have all this data. I can tell you your starting point. I can tell you where you were six months ago with this data. Let's just see how it starts to improve. Or if it doesn't, right, what do we need to change? And, and that's super important because nobody can wait six months to start to collect velocity metrics on story points because we've introduced this new practice that we never had before. Um, and that that matters right now. There's there, I think that urgency is palpable for a lot of companies. Yeah, I was gonna say six, six months if you're lucky, right? I mean, that's that, that, even that I think is, is fair, fairly optimistic, yeah. Um, Pratik, there was a question I was gonna ask. Uh, you were gonna ask, one. it probably wasn't. One of the um, other ones that you were gonna mention. I I was going to say, though, as Colleen was saying that, Colleen, your parenting style is probably very different from how what my, my parents' <laughs> parenting style was. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand this whole, we're going to help you get somewhere. You said be nice. Did you say something about be being nice? Be nice. I don't, I just, doesn't, I, yeah, that, doesn't, that doesn't ring a bell. Although the bell was rung quite a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that, that same thread, it, it's, and this is, this is we're, we're, we're entering controversial territory here. Um, I never understood. <laughs> I never, I never understood. Uh, I did understand a long time ago. For the past ten years, I haven't understood the full-time roles that that come out of a framework. I do not yeah. understand. It's essentially saying we're going to hire you full-time because we we want we want to do this framework, which means we're never going to either move away from the framework. Or if you move away from the framework, well, you're, you're, you're out on the street. It's either of those two things. And, and we're seeing the latter a lot more now, but essentially saying we're never gonna move away from this framework is the antithesis of Agile, of saying we're hiding you full-time so that we, we're gonna get, stay stuck in this thing. And I think we're seeing a lot of that turn around. People are, people are finally going, oh, that thing did not work or that thing is costing us too much money. Um, how do we, this is, I think this was the this was the, the line of thinking we we're going on earlier. How do we equip these folks who became scrum masters because there was a demand for scrum masters? How do we equip them to be team leads? How do we equip them yeah. to be those people who can go in and and help teams regardless of what framework they're using uh, and and help those teams excel essentially? Yeah. 
No, I mean, I think you're right. This is touching on something. I think that it's going to trigger folks. Um, but I do think our role was always supposed to be to work work ourselves out of a job, right? To get the team to the point where they could do all these things without having somebody there to facilitate all of it for them. Um, and I don't think as a, as a whole, as an industry, I don't think we did, we did not deliver on that promise. Um, but I mean, again, we can compare this again to parenting, right? I don't think we gave the team the tools. So much of a scrum master role on a team was dependency-based, like I have to run your, your standups. I have to run your retrospectives. And I know that's probably not how it's supposed to be. And we can argue about this all day that I'm doing it wrong. Um, but that's the reality, right? Like I've, I've worked with enough teams to know that um, when the scrum master doesn't show up, that a lot of those things don't take place. And I think that that dependency relation, relationship to the scrum master with the team created complacency and laziness. And, and it's, you know, I mean, what else would we expect there? And so I think um, if we want to think about how we help that role, whether it's still a scrum master on a team or it's an agile coach who's there temporarily and plans to leave, or you're left holding the bag as a team lead and you're like, I don't know how to help this team anymore. I don't know how to run story pointing meetings. I don't know how to come up with a date for product. Um, it's all going to come back to data. And I think that, again, that data has been there all along. We just never really focused on that from a Scrum Master role perspective on being the key to helping your team really manage their own work. And I, I can tell you for the teams that I've worked with who really embraced flow metrics and they're really simple and they're really easy and you don't need new tooling to do it, right? We've talked about this before, like throwing the start date on your ticket if you're stuck with JIRA, simple things, right? Um, those are the things that start to unlock that for a team. It gives them autonomy. It gives them the ability to have com hard conversations, right? So instead of being like, Pratik, you've said for the last four standups that you were going to be done with this ticket today. And it, it's the fifth day that you've said the same thing about the same ticket. I don't have to call you out and be uncomfortable and have this awkward confrontation with you at our daily sync. We have an SLE and I can say, it looks like this ticket is approaching our SLE and we're about to hit 10 days. Do you want some help? Do we need to split that ticket? Are we going to abandon that work? Right? So the data helps us get rid of the awkward interaction that people have that I think the scrum masters absorbed for the team. Um, and so I think if, if you want to be great in that role and you do want to work yourself out of a job, teaching your team how to use the data is the first step there. Uh, and just very quickly, sh shout out to uh, to Ryan Ripley, um, especially and and Todd Miller for kind of pushing the envelope on some of the stuff of you know hey the you know what what, what Scrum Masters really really need to do what 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 they look like going forward our our, our friends at Agile for Humans who are also PKTs by the way, but I mean so, but other than I mean other than the data how how can Kanban help in this brave new world of you know we we don't have you know, necessarily all these defined roles and, but we still have to deliver and all that stuff. How else can yeah. Kanban help? I mean, I think a big part of pro Kanban's approach and pro Kanban's teaching and philosophy at its core comes down to simplicity, right? It's the title of Pratik's book, <laughs> Scaling Simplified, but you know, everything we try to do, we try to simplify. This doesn't have to be this very heavyweight, very cumbersome process that you're putting in place to be effective. In fact, stripping a lot of that down so that it's very simple, it's visual, and that you're having the most important conversations each day around what matters is really what we're trying to drive for the teams. And I, 
think everyone's hungry for that right now. Um, I was just buried in a LinkedIn thread uh, with some, it sounds, looks like Pratik saw it, um, with somebody who said they were sick of Scrum and everyone came out of the woodwork, right? You're doing it wrong. And here's all the reasons why, why the way that you're doing it is the reason that you don't like it. Um, I don't think that matters, right? It doesn't matter if you're doing it wrong, if you're doing it right. None of that matters. If you feel like that is costing you more energy than it's giving you back in efficiency and effectiveness and predictability. Those are the things that the, like everything we're doing every day should help move the needle on those three things. And if standup's not valuable, then it needs to change. If planning's not valuable, then you need to do something different. And I think we've gotten so stuck and like everything has to be this way. And if, if you're not doing planning with this specific agenda, then you're doing it wrong. But we're, I think we're not asking ourselves the right question, right? Is it giving us the benefit at the end of the day that we need to make us feel productive? And unfortunately, I don't think that decision is often left to the team. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be soon when there's no one left there to require all these events to take place. And so I think that's what we're starting to see is um, teams, leads, managers are raising their hand and going, um, I need help. And I know that there's probably a lighter weight way of approaching this. And um, I, I think that's Kanban for a lot of different parts of the organization. But I'm probably biased. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, as, 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 as someone who used to manage teams, for me, it, what worked really well was equipping my team with this stuff because like, I didn't want to be in their way either. I mean, just like we don't want Scrum Masters to be to be a, a, an impediment on this. We don't want managers long-term to be an impediment on this either. So, 100%. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, again, because as, as a manager, when I was in that middle management, more of my time was spent giving oxygen to the people above yeah. me, right? Because they were freaked out about about something, you know, so it's yeah. like, you know, I didn't I didn't have the time to, you know, to, to spend with my teams because of all mm -hmm. that, all that other noise. Um, but I needed all the evidence and everything that that Colleen was talking about, you know, that to, to prove that, hey, you know, yes, yes, things are better than what you think, or maybe yes, things are worse than, than what, what, what you think, whatever. Right. So, yeah. And maybe the evidence is pointing to the fact that you do need a coach, that you do need a dedicated scrum master for your team. But I think we've been lacking that for a long time. Um, and kind of operating under the blanket assumption that every team needs everything to be exactly the same, the same roles, the same process, the same approach. Um, because we're not operating from a, a place of data. We're just rolling out practices and that's the box we've been checking for what 20 years now are we gonna are we doing all the scrum events are we doing all the right scaling events right but we're not asking if it's giving us the right results um so so, so bringing this back to to pro combo in 2024 20, um and maybe start to wrap, wrap things up here is there is there is there maybe, how do I want to ask this? Is there one surprise from Pro Kanban that people can look out for, you know, or, yeah. you know, is there, is there something that they should, you know, st stay tuned to, to this channel? I, or... I, don't, I don't think, I don't think you understand the word surprise. <laughs> yes, yes, I do. It's things that we've signed Dan up to deliver. That's a surprise every day. Surprise. Every time I talk to Dan. Surprise, Dan. You're on the hook. We need you to be in Budapest in August. 
Um, no, I, we do have some interesting things coming and I think, you know, um, we're looking at adding some more advanced level courses and concepts to our catalog and our offering, particularly around um, a lot of the concepts that are in Dan's new book. So looking at things like um, multi-item forecasting and how do we start to look at things when there's cross-team dependencies that impact some of those forecasts. Um, and maybe from a surprising perspective, um, maybe not, depending on where you sit in this in this uh, party here, but we are working on some product flow courses right now. And so, you know, I think one of the things that we've all known for a long time, it's how tightly coupled product is to the delivery side and how important balancing capacity and demand for the product folks is. A lot of times that role is wildly understaffed for how many teams they're trying to keep busy. And we see an uh, imbalance there where we're rushing work, we're rushing definition, we're rush rushing discovery to try to get things to teams because they need work to pull. Um, and what, what effect does that have then on the quality of what we're doing and the, you know, trusting that it's the highest value work for the teams to be focused on? Um, I think we see, I've worked in plenty of organizations where I've seen that what we end up focusing on then is keeping the teams busy instead of delivering the highest value work. And it's probably one of like my trigger, biggest trigger sentences I can hear a product manager, a product owner say is I have to keep my team busy. No, you don't, <laughs> right? You have to, you have to make sure you're delivering the, what your customer wants when they want it. Um, but I think when they get panicked, we get into this, like, I've got to find work mode um, for the teams. And so there's, there's a huge opportunity to help that side of the business, make sure that they're operating with all the flow principles um, that we teach from a Kanban perspective. So we'll be bringing some great content, classes, and assessments to the product space in 2024. You heard it here first. Pratik, anything to add? No, uh, it's actually, I, I love that we're ending on that note because um, for, for and, and Dan and I have talked about this before too, which Everything that we talk about, whether it's flow, whether it's forecasting, it is probably as important for product, if not more important for folks in that product role than it is for teams, for the engineering teams even. So I'm, I'm glad that we're, we're, we're moving in that direction to kind of make that point even more starkly to go, product folks, here's how this helps you. And, and paying attention to these things helps you be a better product owner, product manager. Yeah. Colleen, you're our guest. Um, any any last word? Any last words of wisdom to 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 finish things up here? Well, I'm sure you, sure everyone knows that our Slack community is the best place to engage with all three of us. Um, we've got over 1,200 members there in the Slack community, and it is open to the public. You are free to join, free to post questions. I promise we won't let Dan respond. Uh, but it's a great opportunity for you to interact with, with practitioners starting their journey and practicing for, you know, 20 years. So um, it's a really fun, fun exchange of questions, ideas, case studies. Um, so please check us out on Slack. And we have a great lineup planned going into the spring and into the summer of places where Pro Kanban will be in person. We plan to be at um, Lean Agile London in May, Scrum Day London in June, Lean Agile Europe in August, and Lean Agile Scotland in September. So if you're in any of those beautiful places, we'd love to see you in person. Well, 
um, I mean, that's it. I, I'm, I was, I'm looking at Pratik, but we're, we're not going to him. Um, Colleen, <laughs> thanks so much for, thanks so much for taking time out of your busy, your really, really busy schedule of managing Pratik's time to um, <laughs> visit us. Uh, yep. Thanks for having me back. So for, for Colleen Johnson, for Pratik Singh, for the star of the show, Nisha, go on. Nisha, she looks uh, really busy. Really busy. We're going to have to talk, Nisha. Uh, you, you all might not have noticed she moved. I saw I, the head moved. The head moved. Yeah, yeah. She, 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 she did us the favor. We, we should do that at the end of every episode. Have like before and after Nisha. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did so, get poker chips. Should we show these poker chips? Oh, Nisha? you have those. You have them handy? Oh, yeah. Um, we have. I have um, a couple hundred, <laughs> so that we can play the penny game with heads or. Tails. Nisha, she's so sweet. Nisha, just yeah. call me if you want to order your own set here of yeah. penny game chips. <laughs> and we can't see any of But wait, there's more. <laughs> wait, there's more. Order. If you order now. That's that's it. Um, I, I'm leaving. <laughs> Thank, thanks so much, everyone. Thanks very much for for watching. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's it. We'll see you in the next episode. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs>